Are you seeking a better way to accelerate your sales, to scale your business, to live a life with no limits? Accelerate Sales Podcast features global experts who have cracked the code to recurring revenues with proven sales systems and get you on the fast track to scaling. Now let's accelerate your sales with today's episode. Hi, I'm Paul Higgins and welcome to the Accelerate Sales Podcast, episode number 420. You're going to learn lots of things, but three in particular from this wonderful guest. One is how to run a a consultancy business on top of your full-time job, how to play in communities to gain new clients. And they talk about Facebook, LinkedIn groups, and it's uh, yeah, it's, it's wonderful. And the third thing is how the riches are in the niches or niches depends how you do it. So if you're a first time and you love what you hear, please subscribe. If you're a regular, always appreciate those reviews. Uh, certainly take notes, but there are some summary notes in the platform you're listening to. And you can also get more detailed notes at paulhigginsmentoring.com. And you can always ask for a full transcript as well. And before we go into the interview with Alison, I'd like to thank our sponsors. The first one is a Cloud Consultants Collective. It's a free community community for like-minded peers, so people that are selling technology, uh, helping each other. And you can find out more at the cloudconsultantscollective.com. And the next is SendSpark, which is a wonderful personalized video platform that allows you to really put yourself forward. So who's best uh, at selling yourself? It's you, and you can do this through video. And um, SendSpark have given us six months Free if you go to paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash send sparks. Our guest today is Alison. Now she's got multiple careers. She's a Salesforce developer for a large life science company, and she also owns two of her own businesses, Shay Hawk Solutions and AT Study Buddy. But her focus on Shay Hawk Solutions, which is the Salesforce consultancy practice that she's got on her own is helping uh, health and wellness uh, companies. And uh, she does, you know, amazing job for that. The AT study buddy is more for test, a test platform for um, students. And she's also herself an accredited uh, athletic trainer. And she's just about to become a doctorate, which she mentions in the the show in her free time. She also spends time with her two sons, six and three, and she loves to run and read. And I don't know when Alison actually gets time to sleep. Uh, So what I'll do now is hand you over to Alison Strickland for a wonderful interview. Great to have you here, Alison. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this uh, interview because, you know, there's people, cloud consultants on all different scales, right, or all different steps in in scaling their business. And you might be watching and, you know, you've heard a lot of people that have been very successful and built teams, et cetera. But I think it's really important also to talk about people that have got, you know, lives, they've got families, and they're actually doing uh, consulting as a way to get some incremental uh, income. It may turn into the full-time business, but, you know, they're, at the moment, they're sort of juggling a bit of both, uh, a career and also some consulting. And that's what Alison's definitely doing. And um, yeah, it's great to have you here to to represent that part of our, our community. And, you know, why don't we kick off is, you know, who are the clients that you love to work with and what are some of the problems mm-hmm. that, uh, that you're solving for them? Sure. 
So I actually have a healthcare background. Um, my undergraduate degree was in sports medicine, and I got my master's degree in uh, health education and kinesiology. So I worked in clinic and in the healthcare side for many, many years. Um, my husband decided that we didn't need to live in the Chicago suburbs anymore and moved me to the super fun state of Iowa. Um, if you've ever watched Field of Dreams, that's that's where we're at. Uh, lots of corn. So um, moving, uh, you know, struggled to find a job right away. I actually ended up working for a med tech company when we moved who was focused, um, their primary customer was uh, basically the healthcare industry that I was in. So they brought me on board to kind of be the voice of the customer internally. So that's really how I got into tech and that's where I learned Salesforce. So um, I wasn't really their primary Salesforce person, but they wanted me to know how to use it because I was using other software like our LMS system, um, different reporting you know, structures. Uh, so they paid for me to get my Salesforce administrator certificate while I was there. Um, the company was bought out. So um, a lot of leadership changes. I decided to leave there and actually pivoted you know, directly into Salesforce. Um, started off as an administrator and then worked my way up to developer. I actually haven't taken the developer exam, but I, it's, that's my job title. So I'll, I'll run with it. So um, I've been uh, full-time doing Salesforce for about five years now. Um, and what came out of that uh, during those five years was I had made so many connections with different um people that I'd work with over the years, more on the tech side, that were healthcare professionals who were looking for people that knew how to do a lot of things, you know, with LMS systems, with health education, and with Salesforce. So what I started to do was uh, to just consult on the side. Um, you know, really, they were coming to me because they they knew me, they trusted me. I'd been in the industry for you know many years at that point, and so it kind of grew into a company uh, unintentionally. And so um, that's where uh, my my consultant business, Shayhawk Solutions, came from. Yeah, great. And and um, when you first started, did you start it as an LLC, or was it you know what was the sort of the structure of the yeah. business when you first launched it? Yep. Um, I originally started as a sole proprietorship um, just because it, it kind of started as like a friends and family deal where it was someone I knew very well and, you know, had worked with before. And, um, you know, year, year over year, it started to grow, grow, grow some more. Um, it wasn't until year three that I converted it into an LLC. Um, primarily because I started another company um, that I wanted to have a little more protection around. So I, that's when I, I built the LLC and I put both companies under under them. Yeah. And and how did you set your pricing in the early days? Mm -hmm. how, how did you go about that? <laughs> uh, I was uh, very uh, serious and did a lot of research about it. Uh, what I actually did was I took my Salesforce salary um, that I made at my full-time job and I figured out what my hourly rate was and that's what I charged. <laughs> right. I and, that's and what someone that... thought I was worth. So. And has that sort of progressed since then? Mm -hmm. Yep. So since then, um, obviously, 
my prices have increased as I've been able to take on more and more clients. Um, really, it just became to the point where I needed to raise my prices in order to lower the amount of clients that I was taking in and continue to bring in more revenue. So um, that's a perk of growth is that, you know, charge higher prices, do less work. Yeah. And and what's been the best way to, to gain new clients? Because, you know, that's great that you've got over yeah. capacity, but yeah, have you been able to gain those clients? Really two ways. Um, the first way, like I said, I really started out as a friends and family business. People who knew me, had connections with, were reaching out to me because they knew that I had done this for another company. Um, and so they were actually coming to me with this, which was great. Um, that's how I got started. I, I know that's how it got started. Um, but as I realized that, you know, I could start to grow this a bit more, what I actually found was the best way to market my services was to go out and look at the communities that I was already in. And for me, that was healthcare and, and health education, um, and really higher education for healthcare. So, you know, university programs and things like that. So, um, being in those communities, you know, Facebook groups, LinkedIn groups, um, you know, following certain hashtags on Instagram and Twitter, you know, I was able to go in and just make connections, um, you know, and it's not a very, for me anyway, a very intentional thing where I'm, you know, every day at from nine to 10, I'm going to go in and I'm going to scroll through all my groups. Um, you know, if I was just, you know, sitting around with my kids and they were, you know, falling asleep, I might be scrolling through my phone and be like, oh, they asked a question that I think I can answer. And being a voice who is able to solve a problem for another person puts value behind your name. And if you continue to be in those groups and providing value over and over and over, people are going to notice that. And eventually what started happening was I became, you know, well enough known in those groups that people stopped posting those questions and just came directly to me. And really it's at, at that point that you're able to market yourself and sell your services instead of just offering free advice. Um, you know, you could offer free advice up to a certain point, but you know, if it's something more complex where I'm saying, Hey, this is the solution you need. If you need someone to come in and set this up for you, let's talk, let's have a more formal conversation about it. Yeah, great. And and how did you go about finding the right groups, you know, whether it be Facebook mm -hmm. or LinkedIn? Yep. Um, really having a niche market in mind um, is, in, in my mind, the best decision that you can make as an entrepreneur, a small business owner. And for me, it happened organically because I was already in a niche as a professional. I was already in healthcare, you know, ed tech, um, you know, continuing an education for healthcare providers. So it, it was easy for me to really niche down. But, you know, for someone who may be starting out and doesn't necessarily know how to find their niche, what I would maybe say is, you know, if you're, you know, drowning, trying to find, you know, a client, um, look at the net that you're casting. Is it easier to, you know, cast a net with thousands of little fish and, and you know, hope you get one? Or is it, you know, easier to cast a net to a very single area where there might be a couple small fish, but maybe, you know, two or three bigger fish right there. You're more likely to catch a bigger fish in a smaller area. Right. Yeah. So, you know, and it's like, you know, if I were to, you know, have a healthcare condition like cancer or something, am I going to go to a family practitioner or a general specialist, you know, healthcare person? No, I'm going to go to a specialist. And 
you know, if you are wanting to charge higher prices and really be the go-to person, you have to choose a specialty. And for me, that was, you know, the healthcare industry and education industry. So if you're struggling to choose a niche, what I would probably start with is asking you if you've had a client before that was just the bomb, like, what did you like about them? Um, That's a good place to start. If you know what you liked about them, was it that they were maybe in fintech where they maybe, you know, in real estate, what was it about them that you like to work with? Because generally going from industry to industry, you're going to see the same, you know, trends, the same personalities, the same, you know, outlook on how they want to do business over and over and over again. Yeah, look, I, I couldn't agree more. And uh, it's funny with uh, my journey, you know, I, I was a, had a cloud consulting practice. We were lucky enough to build it up and, and sell it. And then mm-hmm. I don't know for what reason, but I sort of just went into broader coaching and consulting. And, you know, I even used to debate, am I, you know, am I going after coaches or consultants? It was so generic and there's mm-hmm. so many people like that. Uh, now I am very specific. I only help cloud consultants. Um you know, so I, I, you know, I've definitely seen the benefit of being that. And every time I have a client and we work on their LinkedIn strategy, it's always look, just pick one specific area. So when someone comes to your profile, they hundred percent know that it's you. And you know, I like the analogy you use, but the one I always use is like a car. You know, use the specialist one, which I think is a really good one. The other one is like the car yard. Are you going to go buy a car where there's multiple brands within the car yard or the car? If you really want a brand of a car, you'll go to that dealer, right? And I think it's the exact same thing. It just makes it so much easier and it's better. Like you've proven, it's better to be a large fish in a small pond, I think, than the other way around to use, once again, your analogy. And if you're you're listening to Alison and you're thinking, yeah, look, I, I know I need to be scrappy to get some income to begin with. That's fine, but still on your profile and who you go after in the Facebook group, the LinkedIn groups, be very specific on who that is because referrals will always come to you regardless of what your profile says and what your market position is because you've been referred, right? And that'll be what? Most of your business when you begin with, I think for you, Alison, it, it was the same family and friends, but as you evolve, you stand for something. And and have you, um, have you seen any cons like, you know, there's definitely lots of pros of doing that. Have you seen any cons of being, um, you know, picking a specific niche mm-hmm. or niche? Depends where you <laughs> are in the world. Yeah. Um, the only con that I would say is I would consider it both a pro and a con is that I'm going to go back to the healthcare thing because that's what I know and love is a specialist is going to charge higher prices than a generalist. That's just how it is. You know, a a neurologist is going to charge more than my family doctor. That's just, that's how you make money. So it's going to be the same for you. If you're really tight into your niche, you're going to be able to charge higher prices, but sometimes that comes at a cost because you're going to lose clients who don't want to pay that amount. Um, so that's where I think you can kind of come, you know, at a con a little bit is that, you know, if you're maybe just starting out, you know, maybe you're able to say, you know, this is what I charge, but because I really want to work with you, I'm going to charge this amount (laughs) and sell it like that. But, um, you know, prices, especially with cloud consulting, like they just generally scare people because they generally are a higher, 
you know, cost than, than most people are used to paying for saying like, you know, a marketing or an SEO consultant or something like that. Um, but you know, what we do is, is a valuable skill and a very sought after skill. And that's why we're able to charge the prices that we do. Yeah. And, and do you get many requests for people saying, look, uh, love to work with Allison, but you know, I'm not on Salesforce or I'm on another platform. Mm -hmm. Will you help me out Mm -hmm. with that platform? Yep. Um, occasionally I get requests for, um, HubSpot. Um, I generally, I can go in and do some simple integrations, but if it's anything beyond that, I, I outsource it. Um, you know, I'll find someone on, you know, that I know already knows how to use HubSpot and I'll say, Hey, I have this client. I, I got them started. Can you finish it up? Um, and I'll just bring them on as a contractor for that project. Yeah, and and it's uh, it's interesting that in our community, the cloud consultants collective, that often happens. You know, um, mm-hmm. recently I had a HubSpot partner saying, "Look, I need a Salesforce partner to do X." So you know that collaboration happens very much in our mm-hmm. community because um, I, you know, like I think you've made two really good choices. One is I think you've picked one platform and stuck to it. I, I think that's uh, better and and you don't need every client in the world, right? You just need a, mm-hmm. enough clients for your capacity. And the other is that you've niched. And I think if you're doing those two things, um, you know, you've got stand a much better chance than trying to be uh, all things to all people and all platforms for all people. I yeah. think that's uh, different. And and we went through that journey in 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 us. We were very specific to a platform. We picked the wrong one because it was bought out bought out by someone else and it just didn't work. Then we went to agnostic and agnostic, just the amount of training, the the support, everything to be, you know, all platforms was just too great. Mm-hmm. So I think you've uh, hit the nail on the head. And and for for you, you know, you you basically have four four roles and then, you know, your fifth is, you know, being a mum to some some <laughs> some great kids. Yeah. But, you know, how, how do you sort of go about juggling, you know, these four or hats that you're you're wearing? Sure. Um, Obviously, my full-time job always comes first. I mean, that's my bread and butter. Um, You know, daycare in the United States is very expensive, which is the reason I I keep a full-time job right now. My kids are younger and and still uh, not in elementary school. So Um, I, I think the beauty in cloud consulting is that it's a very flexible position in that a lot of times you can make your own hours. Um, you're able to, you know, do the work when you have time for the work. Um, a lot of my marketing, like I said, I'm, I'm able to do it on my phone on the go. You know, if we're in the car driving to the grocery store and it's going to take us to 10 minutes to get there, I can get on my phone and, you know, help answer some questions. Like as long as you're not driving, obviously. Yeah. If my husband (laughs) is driving, um, you know, get on, you know, whatever social platform and, and work for, for 10 minutes. And it's like, you know, I haven't even really worked at all. I've just been sitting in the car. What else would I have been doing? So, um, I'm pretty intentional about my time with my family. Um, generally from the time my kids get home around 5 PM, um, until they go to bed, uh, at between eight and nine, like that is my family time. I'm pretty strict about it. Um, I don't do any work during that time. Um, and then I generally try not to do, work, um, you know, during our family time on the weekends, my kids are still young enough that they nap so I can be a nap time warrior and get it done. But, um, you know, 
if I, if I do need to work on the weekend, I'm pretty strict about, you know, saying I'm going to work from this time to this time. And if I don't get it done, that's fine. Um, but that's the time that I'm going to work. Um, yeah. you know, family always comes first and, and work can go away tomorrow. So, yeah. And, and, and I think it's, and that's great because, um, it's interesting. I've got a friend who's um, you know, very senior in, in a corporate role and he, he's always having a go at me that I never work. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, and every time he phones is typically when I'm not physically at my office right, or at mm-hmm. my desk at home. And yesterday yeah. he called me, I'm in the gym. And he said, oh, mm-hmm. where are you? The golf course, the gym, blah, blah. And I said, <laughs> yeah, I'm at the gym. And he goes, oh, God, you never work. I said, what do you mean? I'm working the whole time in between sets. You know, I'm yeah. either doing my emails, I'm doing my social media. And like you said, that's the great yeah. thing. You know, like the technology we provide people allows mm-hmm. them the freedom to do this. So, you know, we we get to work in a great way. And uh, also our clients, we give the gift to the clients to do that. So that's great. And what do you think, you know, Fast forward, where do you think you're going to go? Well, you think you'll end up, or you tell me, you know, out of your four <laughs> options, which one yeah. seems to be the one that you're most passionate about in the future? Well, you know, my business continues to grow year over year, but I've kind of gotten to the point where I have a few clients on retainer. So I have very consistent income. And honestly, I'm very comfortable with that. Um, until my kids are fully out of school, um, uh, primary school and, and, and into regular school, I don't really foresee myself changing much just because, you know, like I said, daycare is so expensive in the United States. I just got to grind it out until, until yes. we get over that hill. But, um, I feel like I'm in a really comfortable place. And honestly, as an entrepreneur, I don't think that's a bad thing. You know, if you're in a really comfortable place and you're like, I'm happy sitting here for this season, that's totally okay. You know, I'm, you know, making, you know, about the same as, as my full-time job, I could quit if I want, but, you know, it's nice to have the additional income for now. Um, you know, we're able to pay for daycare, go on vacations, um, you know, do house projects, you know, without having to worry about money. And, you know, that's really what it's all about for me right now, where maybe in two years when my kids are, you know, going to school and, um, you know, maybe I'll scale back and move to, you know, more consulting, or, you know, maybe I'll get offered like a really high paying position at a company, you know, I'm open to that too. It's just, you know, finding the flexibility that you want and, and having it meet your personal goals, because, you know, while it's nice to work for yourself, you know, there are benefits for working for other people as well. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and maybe in five years, you know, whatever is happening with my family is going to require working for a company. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, it's great if you listen to Alison, I think, you know, it's, it's your personal choice, right? I always say to people, mm-hmm. people come to me and say, I want to achieve X revenue. And I'm always mm-hmm. like, well, hang on, yep. let's take a step back. Like, what do you want to achieve in your life? And then let's determine what revenue you need or what business model you need to do that. And there's no right or wrong. Like for me personally, with my health, you know, you talk about health, you know, I've had a transplant, I've got to be careful. Um, I've always got in the back of my mind, but what happens if I actually, you know, I lost my kidney tomorrow, right? There's always a chance that it could be, it could reject at any time. So I'm of the view that I don't want to have a huge team and I don't want to have a, you know, a really um, 
a big business. I think I've got the capability to do it because I've done it in the past, but I don't want to do that again. And that's my choice. So that's why, you know, I spend a lot of time helping others. So, you know, if you're listening to Alison and, you know, I think it's always great to have options, right? So I like the way that you've you've got options. You can either, you know, continue to be employed. You can, you know, up upskill your your own business i think it's uh it's great to have that and that's why i wanted to have you on the show to create you know a, a different a, a different option to always mm-hmm. you've got to scale to be uh big and um you know big isn't always better um mm-hmm. i think you know and certainly profit is much better than uh you know top revenue uh top line revenue is um i'm sure you can uh test to so um look it's been great having you on giving that different perspective and well done for juggling all those those roles. Uh, what I'd love to do now is just ask you some questions, just to dive a little bit deeper to finish off the, the podcast. Are you ready for that? Yeah, let's go. All right, great. So the first one is, you know, what are some of the sales habits? And I know you've spoken about Facebook groups and LinkedIn, et cetera, mm-hmm. but are there any other sales sales habits you do daily in, mm-hmm. in, in certainly in your own business? Sure. Um, Really, I think a lot of my own sales habits have really brought me consistent customers in that I get repeat business. And a lot of that is staying in touch. So, you know, maybe if I haven't heard from a client in a while, um, maybe three to four months, maybe I shoot him an email and just say, Hey, how's it going? How did this project turn out for you that we did together a couple months ago? You know, do you need anything else? You know, anything upcoming? Cause I'm, I always make it sound like I'm busier than I am, or I'm like, I'm scheduling out for December, you know, right now. And so, you know, if you have something in, in the works, let's talk about it right now, because then I can also anticipate, um, income a little further out. Um, something I've had to kind of get over, uh, with some of my clients is them messaging me and be like, we need to start this project tomorrow. I'm like, well, hold up. Like <laughs> that, that's not how this works. Um, and you know, having the connection, you know, earlier on and staying connected, even if you're not doing active work for them, I think is very important. Um, it keeps you, you know, at the front of their mind. And then also if they do have projects, you're making sure that you have time for them and that they're on your schedule. Um, and the other thing that I do, um, is I really just still stay active on, on social media. Um, you know, I will occasionally do just some keyword searches in groups. Um, I might be looking for other groups to join, um, or I may leave some that may have kind of died off because um, I just don't, you know, maybe they've changed or um, people just aren't posting in them anymore. Um, don't be afraid to leave groups if, if they're getting like that. Uh, yes. So it just saves time for you down, down the road. So um, yeah, going in there and just still offering value. Um, it kind of depends on, on how my work fluctuates. If I'm really busy and I know I, I just can't take on a lot of new clients, I may not be as active on there. Cause I'm like, if a new client comes to me right now, I can't take them. Um, and that's another thing I, I think is important for people too, is like, know when you've reached your max and you need to say no. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And, and look, I won't go down a rabbit hole cause mm-hmm. this is meant to be the, the, the quick yeah. answers, but the, um, you know, like VAs, I think, you know, getting someone to do some of that while you're Mm -hmm. still doing other things, I think is always a great option. So the next question is around tips for you, you know, how do you find out better ways to, 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 um, to sell? Yeah. 
Um, really, I think it's just staying on top of what's good in the industry. Um, I'm tip, you know, dipping into TikTok a little bit, but yeah. I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> yeah, be careful. Um, it's a very yeah. addictive platform. Yeah. Oh my gosh. My, my uh, five-year-old loves it. He wants to, before bed every night, like, can we watch 10 minutes of TikTok? Like, and he loves like the pimple popper videos. Like he's, he's just like me. He likes all the gross stuff. So, um, They're my wife's yeah. Yeah. LinkedIn is always like a very rapidly changing yeah. place. Um, and so staying, you know, kind of on top of what's changing on, on the best practices for LinkedIn, I think is important. Um, every couple months I'll kind of, go and see what changes have happened with LinkedIn. Cause it seems like they're always adding a new feature, adding something. Yes. Um, at least they're at a higher pace than I would consider the other social platforms that seem to kind of have, you know, found their groove and are just kind of riding it. You know, Facebook changes its layout, what, like every six months or something. Yeah, and that's yeah. all they do now. So. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think, uh, you know, I just, you know, when people always ask what's the most important tool or etc you know to me i think you know linkedin's been the, the the most important way for me to grow all of my businesses um you know it's just a yeah it's an incredible uh incredible mm-hmm. platform and if you're you know if you're not on it so like allison said you know if you're not on it please um do it and if mm-hmm. you want some help uh reach out to me because uh, i've been doing it for a long long time now and we, we've got really good results for both me and my clients but yeah it's a great platform so the next mm-hmm. question is you know if we could grant you one wish uh for your business what what would that be oh gosh come buy me out <laughs> <laughs> just shove that money away for a rainy day yeah beautiful <laughs> that's sad yeah, and uh, and you know, looking back on what you know now, what do you wish you had have done earlier in in this journey of running this you know portfolio career? Um, I think that I wish I would have acted like a business a little sooner than I did. Yeah. Um, I mean, really, that's just learning, you know, curve over time. Um, you know, having my you know, books in order. And I think I would have gotten my LLC a little sooner. Um, you know, the United States has a crazy tax code and it's insane. So, um, being able to maximize, you know, what I was able to keep instead of giving it to the government would have been good a little sooner. Um, I, I have a VA. I wish I would have hired one sooner. Um, it, it, it's hard to think that you're letting go of money to pay someone else to do what you could be doing, but also realizing that you do have a max capacity, I think is also important. And I've seen nothing but growth after hiring her. So, I mean, it worked out. Yeah. Well, to use your analogy, you know, like the surgeon isn't doing, you know, going and as a GP and screening everybody, right, to work out mm-hmm. which is the perfect clients for him, right, or him right. or her, I should say, or, or I don't know what you say now. I know it's a bit tricky with um, certainly here is what you can say, but what whoever the the person is, but yeah, I think you know it's the exact same thing, and um, yeah, uh, I've never known someone to give uh, a virtual assistant back. But I've definitely known, like you said, most people say, I just wish I had to come to this sooner. So once again, if you're thinking like that, 
uh, reach out. You know, I ran a VA business for five years and uh, have a lot of contacts and we've got a lot of great uh, partners that can provide uh, VAs around the world. But uh, yeah, I think it's great. Well, look, it's been an absolute joy having you on, uh, Alison. You can uh, find more about Alison on a LinkedIn profile. We'll have that in the show notes. And also you can go to shayhawksolutions.com. So once again, we'll have those links in the notes as well. But uh, yeah, it's a joy. Thanks for giving a, a different perspective and, and well done for all the, the things you balance. And we haven't even spoken about what you do in the athletic <laughs> side as well. So I know you've got a whole different yeah. career there as well. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's great. great starting, my, uh, starting my dissertation here too soon. You can call me Dr. Allison in a, probably about 18 months. Excellent. Wow. That's so impressive. All right. Uh, Thanks for coming on today. Thank you. I really enjoyed that interview with Alison. I hope you did as well. I love the fact that she talked about, you know, the communities and how she gains clients from them and also working in the gaps. I like whether it's on the 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 way to the shops wherever and you, you know, uh, can constantly be marketing and also be active uh, now. It's so much easier with the platforms like LinkedIn and and Facebook. Um, and you know, if you've learned something specific, give Alison a little bit of a plug on her LinkedIn, or you do it on your profile. Take a photo of the interview and uh, and thank her. She'd love that. You know, obviously get the summary and the links that we mentioned. That's in the app you're listening to, and also in the show notes. That's at paulhigginsmentoring.com. And why not share this with other people, in particular, other people that are currently in a job and they're looking to start that side hustle. They're in a job that uses whether it's Salesforce, HubSpot. Uh, Zoho, whatever the platform is, and they're looking to extend that. Uh, I know uh, monday.com, we've got a few people in our community that do that. So uh, please send that with her. Uh, Check out our solo shows. Don't forget that free community, which is the cloudsconsultantscollective.com. And next week's guest is uh, Jean Marks. And Jean is uh, a brilliant uh, economist, or he talks about the economic environment. He's going to talk about it and how it relates specifically to you, the reasons he is multi-platform rather than one like Allison, and also tips for getting media spots because he is a guru at doing that. As always, please take action to accelerate your sales. I'm fired up after today's episode. What about you? But hey, before you go, learning is just one piece of the puzzle. Now it's time to put today's strategy into action. Head over now to today's show page at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash podcast and share how you'll put it into action. Be sure to head over to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe, rate, and review the show. Tell me what your favorite episode is. And don't wait one minute more to gain access to your pulse check at paulhigginsmentoring.com. This could be the difference between struggling to get more leads and making this next quarter your best one yet.